Welcome to Fired Up Podcast. I'm Andrew Hopple. I am Cameron Hewitt. (laughs) Good to be here with you guys on For Us, a Saturday morning here at the Fired Up Podcast. Cam and I talk about a number of different things, but we are a fitness-based podcast, and that's how we kind of tie everything else into that fitness principle. So welcome to episode 77. 97. I was was like, dude, no. Minus minus 20. 97. (laughs) Episode 97. I was going to say, last time we were like getting close to 100. I'm like, dude, what the hell happened to us? We like- It's incredible. Been backtracking, man. What the heck? Yeah. To be here at the, you know, we're going on three years as well now because it was, once again, I don't know if you guys have have, uh, heard a little while, March of 2019 was when we started this whole gig. Yeah, two two young boys, no mustaches at all. <laughs> That's right. Well, only half of us now have mustache. Dude, you ever think back then, like during those sort of days, or like the golden days, whatever, the good old days, like how young we were? It's like we were twenty two or twenty three, and now thinking about that, I'm like, oh, dude, like I look back on those like Orange Theory days, like those Palatine days. I'm like, oh my god, what the heck? I'm like, I was like a child, dude. It's like so long ago. Well, I think whenever life changes drastically and, and there's a lot of differences that take place, whether it's fitness, whether it's whatever else in business, where you're at location-wise, it's easy to look back and say, man, things were so easy or so different or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of – it's like hindsight bias for – I mean maybe lack of a better term. Looking back and saying, once again, those were the good old days or that was easier. At the same time, I remember if I really try to remember what it was like and what it felt like doing those uh, living in Palatine. I, I lived in an, a little apartment and I was like, <laughs> I was like coaching like 22 to 24 uh, workout sessions a week. Mm-hmm. I remember I wanted to die. So <laughs> it was right. good parts, but there's also a lot of stuff where you're like, this is horrible. Oh, dude, I remember working the two jobs and just being like, wow, I have like pretty much no free time. But I don't know. It's still looking back. It was still less. I think it was less responsibility that both of us had back then. Because like, yeah, okay, sure, Andrew, you were coaching 22 classes a week, which is quite a bit. um, But you didn't own the studio. That's a new level of responsibility it's like okay now you're still coaching quite a bit but now you're also you know you're also steering the ship and if it crashes you you don't just go to another studio you're like oh my ship just crashed you know yeah no it's 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 cool to have more responsibility but i think that's one of the biggest factors that makes it so so different right in terms of looking back and when you have more responsibility, things feel heavier. They feel more important, of course. And mm-hmm. I know all you parents out there don't need me to tell you that. Um, that's something that nor Cam or Cam nor I have uh, gone through yet. So right. when we cross that that path, that will be a whole different ball game. Oh, dude. I, I heard a really good quote the other day. Um, this guy was saying, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I, I you know, I want to be risk averse and all this stuff, but those people will be married and have kids. And he's like, those are the two biggest risks you will ever take in your life is raising kids. Cause you have no idea what they're going to become. Or like when you have a kid, I mean, again, I don't know what this is like, but I would imagine it's like a new level of love that you didn't know you could have for a person and then you have the risk of what What if something happens to this person? Or, or if you get married, it's like, dude, if you're married for like 30 years and that person passes away, that is like, that's a, that's a big, like, one of you is signing up to go through a lot of pain one day and you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know who it is. That's a pretty big risk, but they seem like common things and it's the safe thing to do, settle down. But it's, it's two of the biggest risks you'll take in life. That was uh, Ben Shapiro who said that the other day, right? It probably was. Where did he say? Uh, you know what? It was on Joe Rogan, <laughs> wasn't it? it was I think on, it was on it Joe was Rogan. On the JRE. Dude. dude, the good old JRE, dude. Oh, my God. You got it. Yeah, no, I know. I heard that one, too. Actually, yesterday I was listening up 
uh, finishing up that podcast. Uh, usually I have to break that one down into a few days if there's an episode I really want to listen to. But right. it was cool to hear that. I was like, yeah, it's true. You're you're kind of choosing to put faith in, in um, making sure that those things, there's a good chance that they're going to work out if we put a lot of time and effort into them. But that's the same thing with a business or anything else. It's, it's fun. And I've been talking to a lot of our Eat the Frog Fitness um, other business partners or, or people who own franchises across the network. And the same truth is ringing out across the across the country where of course it's a, it's a tough time to be in the fitness business but there's great opportunity and the the people who are not willing to put in the time and the effort to take that risk they're never going to see the possibility of that opportunity flourishing and that's what we've done inside of a new franchise and trying to build this new business especially during and right around a pandemic um, mm-hmm. for those of you guys who don't know the eat the frog fitness franchise uh models or they they opened up franchising for the business back in 2018. So 2019 is when quite a few studios, flagship studios even in states and other areas opened their first location inside of that that area. And then all of a sudden, if you guys remember <laughs> about if it was fall of of 2019 where a lot of these opened, about 6 to 7 months later, that's when everything kind of closed down. So it's been a tough situation for a lot of these businesses that opened up prior to the pandemic. And it, a lot of these people who opened up their first locations are regional developers at the same time. So they it's their responsibility and also their benefit to open up studios within their region. So now they're in a place where, hey, we've got to kind of sit on our hands a little bit um, for the whole year of 2020 and part of 2021. And now we're starting to see more of the, the country buying into Eat the Frog Fitness, which is very cool to see from a business standpoint. Um, people are opening up and purchasing licenses from corporate over in Texas, Iowa, New Jersey, and all these new locations, which is incredible. So, And there's, there's even innovation taking place inside of our business too, where people are opening up. There's business deals taking place in YMCAs, and they're outfitting yeah. part of a YMCA with an Eat the Frog Fitness facility. And they're like outsourcing for their training, which is incredible. So there's a lot of things that I wouldn't even have thought have been a, a possibility for studio. That's a really unique idea. That's like when Starbucks linked up with Target and they're like, hey, can we just start putting Starbucks in Targets? And they're like, yeah, dude, like that, like that's such a good idea. Like, or think about this. If you're like a big box gym, most big box gyms will offer group training. Well, why not? link up with a, a group training brand that's super well known. I mean, that it's like a win-win for both companies. You know, it's, yeah. that's, a, that's really, that is pretty innovative. I've never heard of anything like that. And yeah, I'm really excited to see how that goes actually, because it's, it's, it's super, it kind of takes away from, well, one of the things that we need to focus on in terms of, I know maybe this isn't as, is as interesting for some of you guys out there talking about fitness business stuff, but that's part of what we love to do. So buckle up. (laughs) But one of the things that we need to focus on inside of a a fitness, especially a group training facility is the, the splash effect. What is drawing people into the area around the business in order to get foot traffic, eyeballs and all that stuff, because it takes a good four to 10 looks at something. If any, if somebody is a lick interested in what we do, it's going to take that many touch points on our brand before they're going to opt to say, Hey, what is eat the frog fitness? So if we're anchored into a facility, um, like a YMCA or a target or whatever, Mm -hmm. or a, uh, if we're right next to a whole foods, none of these are sponsored by the way. (laughs) But it's cool because then you have the, that regular foot traffic where people are coming in, great visibility, and they say, okay, let me finally check this out. Let me stop in and ask what we're what, what's going on here. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That's exciting. That's very exciting. I'm curious about something slightly on a, on a different note. Um, where are you? Because I know obviously you've got a lot going on with Eat the Frog and P10 stuff, all that. Where are you at with your, with your fitness as far as like, I know because you focus more on the aesthetic part of things. How are you feeling about that? 
Um, what's your training looking like? How's the how's the nutrition going? Where is where's P10 Andrew at with his his fitness? Where is P10 his, Andrew? His fitness journey. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. I'm I'm actually really excited about what I'm doing right now, and it's in a way different way. So I've I've recently started to realize that I think I have more of an ADHD personality, and uh, let me know if you think that that's true, Cam. I do. But- <laughs> <laughs> when you texted me that, no, 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 what was it? We were at the dunes or something, and you were eating or drinking something, and I was like, Andrew, uh, aren't you doing 75 hard? And you're like, Cam, I think I've realized I have ADD or like ADHD and I just decide to do things without thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that, you know, that might be true. Well, in my defense, I also failed our, uh, that long 75 hard run mm-hmm. due to COVID. It was, I, I hope you guys have, I built a little bit of rapport with who I am and what I, what I say is what I'm going to do. I truly could not do two workouts the first day of COVID. It was pretty bad. Um, At least like I'm not going to die type of bad, but I was dizzy. I was like, like the room was spinning. My whole body was like, dude, you can't do anything. Like I tried to do a, I was going to do stretching for 45 minutes. And my second workout, I was going to do a 45 minute walk. I started to do my 45 minute stretching, got all the way through but it was like the hardest thing I've done in like months. <laughs> and then I laid in bed and I was trying to wait three hours and I was like, I can't do this walk. I was, I was worried that I was going to like pass out or something. I'm so, surprised you, I'm surprised that you like let that count as failing. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I, I wanted to play by the rules. It, no matter what, if I was not able to maintain that, it's game over. I was about 50 days in though, which is, I was almost done, which sucks. Yeah. That's pretty, like part of me is like, dude, why not just do the other 25 and you don't have to say you did all 75 in a row, but it's like, all right, well, whatever. I don't know. Anyways, you were, you were saying Cam agree with me or disagree with me about ADHD. And then I took us on to that tangent. So it, it's, it's tough for me to choose a specific medium to longer term focus on fitness um, if it's uncomfortable for me or, or whatever it's something I'm not used to and I'm actually really proud of, of what I've chosen to do recently I I don't like adding on body fat because like cam pointed out I'm super aesthetically focused where I want to be leaner I want to you know look this specific way. But if I'm not willing to focus on strength, focus on eating in a surplus, um, training hard and hitting the, the heavy weights that I need to hit in order to promote muscle gain, it's not going to happen. Or it's going to happen at a snail, beyond snail pace, because the things aren't optimized in any way. So I made a decision this fall to the entire first part of that winter leading into the next year. I was going to focus on getting strong, eating in a surplus. Um, I'm not going to worry as much about the body fat that I'm putting on. And I'm just going to try to see those numbers go up and see what I can do to really put on some muscle mass for the first time in years. Mm -hmm. The last time I had focused on this was college. So it's been quite a few years but at the same time, I, I had to continue and I, I do every every single day because I'm waking up. I'm not in that lean or leaner body that I'm more comfortable with. I have to tell myself, hey, you have a you have a purpose here. You have an objective and you're getting really strong. So I have put on the most weight I've ever had. I'm also the strongest I have ever been. I'm right now sitting at 227, 228 pounds or so. And previously, if you guys recall, talking about a little over a year ago when I was finishing up 75 hard, I sat down at 189 was my leanest I was. So 189 pounds at the end of 75 hard. So (laughs) I've added on almost 40 pounds since then. 
<laughs> Dude, I you're what, 6'1", 6'2", something like that? Yeah, about 6'2". Dude, I okay, right now I'm 190 and I'm I'm 5'10". So that's I mean, dude, that's lean. That is yeah, you were you're drying out, dude. Now you're now you're big boy Andrew, 225. That's a brag, but I can I can bench you. So <laughs> But I, I I at the same time I feel very, very strong. I feel very mm-hmm. accomplished inside it. It's cool too to change and to force yourself if you're one of these people who feels more comfortable in a specific mindset, a specific training way. Like I've done tons of different things. Cam has done tons of different things. We've we've been more I guess in our terms, I know for those of you who have done Ironmans, marathons, whatever, it's not going to be the same criteria. But for us, we've been more endurance-based training for uh, a period of time when we were doing our Spartan Race stuff. That was during this whole journey too, the the Fired Up podcast. You guys Mm -hmm. can actually listen to that stuff if you want to go back and listen to those earlier episodes when we talk about getting ready for our Spartan Race and our half marathon Spartan Race when we were Mm – in more of that endurance uh, part of what we do. We've also gone through, I've done before we did the podcast, like we talked about in college, powerlifting. I was focused on just getting as strong as I could. And it's it's great to change up, in my opinion, different focuses every now and then, because that's going to create a well-rounded mental aspect as to what fitness can be for you. And also well-rounded health component to some extent for what fitness can be for you. If we look at, and I try to remind myself, hear this too. I'm sure Cam um, would agree. Fitness can be compartmentalized in so many different ways. It's going to be your overall heart health. It's going to be your muscle mass. It's going to be your functional muscle mass or how much strength you have, right? It's going to be your flexibility, your mobility, your stability, the ability to hold on and and not you know unilateral movements and one-sided movements, the ability to um, control your body even when things are tough or you're more tired and all of that good stuff. So there's so many different facets that we can look at in terms of overall fitness. And once again, it's great to see different parts of fitness inside of training at different times in our lives. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you made me remember when you mentioned the Spartan race, during that time, one, I was I was, I was trying to get really strong, but it just was not happening. I was doing the amount of running that I was doing was insane. I weighed just cause we're talking about like what you used to weigh during 75 hard. I weighed like 160. I think maybe 165. I remember like weighing myself the day after that race. And I was, I was like 7% body. I did the uh, freaking what's that thing called? Um, the in body scan, I was like seven percent body fat and like one sixty five. Were you really? Have we yeah. both added on almost like thirty to forty pounds since <laughs> those days? Yeah, and I mean, right now I've got a little bit, a little bit more uh, fluff than I than I'd like, but like I can still see like my top abs. So I'm like, all right, just hang on to those <laughs> as much as you can. But I feel like that's been your like clarion call for the last few years is and, oh, man, as long as I can hold on to those top two abs. Like that's like that's the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm lean enough where I can because the thing is like my goal is not aesthetic right now, but I still care about how I look. Like I don't want to just, you know, I'm not gonna get as strong as I can by any means necessary if if it, you know, I'm not gonna gain, I'm not gonna go up to 220 and be fat if it makes me five percent stronger i like that's i'm not gonna do that you know that's ridiculous but um yeah i feel like one thing that you and i have done maybe incorrectly but also it's not like detrimental or anything is we've kind of hopped around goals which is cool because you get experience a lot of different things like like dude that that race like that was such an interesting time of fitness where i was so conditioned like being able to sprint and do like functional stuff with my body was like an all time high and it felt cool. And now I'm at a point where I am the strongest I've ever been. And it also feels cool, but it's very different. And I think what a lot of people do is you got to find the thing that you really like to do and, and stick with it, but you have to experiment a little bit, you know, maybe 
maybe you try running and doing, you know, conditioning for a while. You know, yeah, it's fun, but it's not really like exciting to me. Well, then try something else. Cause now do with, with just powerlifting, I, knowing myself, I, I like to practice things a lot. And this is something that Christian Thibodeau, who's a, I mean, Andrew, obviously you, you know him, but he's, he does a lot of articles on T nation. And I was listening to a podcast that he was on and he was saying, you need to learn your, um, like your neurotype or your personality type, or, you know, he's got that, that test that you and I have done. And he says, if you're a fairly low risk person, something like powerlifting or Olympic lifting is a good idea because you only have to worry about a handful of movements and you just get really good at them. And then once you get comfortable with your form and just doing the movement, then you can just go bananas on it. And I feel like this past year, I've gotten so used to my squat form, my bench form, my deadlift form, overhead press form that recently in the past few months, it's just been ramping it up like crazy. And it's been a ton of fun. Like it's really cool to see, you know, just being able to add more and more weight, have it be the same RPE for the same amount of reps as, you know, what a lighter weight was a few months prior. Like that's like deeply exciting to me. So I, I can't wait. I mean, next few years, dude, the, the, the plan is to keep doing it. You know, like you and I talked about our blueprints for 2021. Yeah. And one of mine was to get as strong as I've ever been. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to keep going. That's the plan for 2022. Just keep focusing on these three lifts and just get as strong as possible. It's great. No, and it's don't even get me started on uh, neurotyping if you want to do a whole other podcast on that stuff. But <laughs> no, it's it's cool to see different ways that you're naturally um, inclined to train a certain way or appreciate training or appreciate uh, expertise in a certain direction. And for those of you guys who weren't able to listen to that previous podcast when we were talking about neurotyping, the short version of this is that um, there's a there's a theory that there are different criterias of training. Um, I'd how how could we describe this? It's like you train based off your neurotype. So like there's one type where this is totally you. It's a high dopamine receptor type. I forget what he calls it, but it's like you thrive off like intensity and like getting ramped up and just going bananas during your set. So when, like a, that's a, you, a, I think. To, to define this, um, it's a scientific approach that defines a neurotype as literally a completely different wired brain. So what your, I guess your natural brain is, or your brain is naturally inclined to uh, be partial to. So there's different hormones, of course, that, that react different ways, especially when we're, we're training, we're more inclined to react well or appreciate a certain type of training depending on how that um, or how you're you're naturally responding to different hormones. So like Cam said, I believe I'm more dopamine um, and adrenaline sensitive than Cam is. So mm-hmm. um, I believe I was a 1B in that criteria and uh, or I'm sorry, a type 2, a 2A. Variation. That's right. 2A is what I was um, inclined to be. And that's um, somebody who kind of like we talked about more sporadic, usually those types of people, if you were to read through all the definitions of what a type 2A personality, especially in in terms of training, um, but everything else related to that, it's more of that sporadic, more of that ADHD type of mentality in all things in life, but also that carries over to training, right? Um, then there's, of course, benefits and there's low points at all these other neurotypes and and regular dispositions that people have to training. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, where are we going with the whole neurotyping thing? I was just, I was like, man, we have to explain this really quickly because people <laughs> don't know what that is. No, no, I think it was, it just was going off of the fact that like when I realized like when he when he was saying on the podcast, 
you know, if you're someone who is, I forget, I think he said that if you're type like AB or so, it's some, whatever, whatever it is, um, you're someone who you need to like, you need to feel in your mind that you know how to do this movement very well before you add weight. And until you get to that point, you'll be lifting what you believe to be a heavy weight, but your body is capable of much more, but you have a, a governor saying, no, you, you can't lift that. And now I'm at the point where I've only been focusing on these three lifts for almost an entire year that I feel very comfortable with the movements and, you know, past two, three months, the progress has just been going exponentially higher and higher. Um, cause now that governor in my brain is starting to get more and more quiet because when I'm doing the movement, I've, I'm very comfortable with it, but someone like you, you don't need to have that feeling. You're like, yeah, dude, like we'll just lift it, <laughs> you know, like, which is, there's a benefit to that too, you know, more anxiety. Uh, I think you're, that would be two B then if I'm correct. Yeah. No, I'm not too sure. Whatever. But there's, if you guys <laughs> want to check it out, it's actually really cool. Um, theory, I really appreciate what it kind of uh, helps understand where people are, um, especially when working with training people, understanding how everybody's brains work um, and what they're inclined to be good at, what they're not inclined to be good at, anything like that. Any little helping tool when you're working with people in terms of fitness or anything else in life, if you're managing people, if you know how they're or you can anticipate how they're going to react to a certain situation, that's super helpful. That's like having homework done before the big test the next day. Right. So super awesome to be able to look into that inside of a training lens. Yeah. How's your training going? Actually, no, I guess I didn't answer that one first. My training's going well. I'm getting really huge. And right now, (laughs) this is the strongest I've ever been um, for, I think, everything. But we'll see. Really? Uh, coming up in December, I'm going to be going through dead December once again. So I wanted to ask you, I know you said no previously, but are you going to jump in and do dead December like we did last year? No. And here, and here's, here's the reason why. One, I'm going to be gone for the first week. So I'm already missing a quarter of it, which kind of sucks. Um, but also I'm thinking like I want – to get stronger in all three lifts. And I remember just dead December is a ton of fun and I wouldn't say anything bad about it, but I feel like sometimes there's the mentality of like, all right, we're going to, we're going to rush to increase our one rep max in four weeks. And I want to increase all three over the course of years. Not to say, you know, I'm going to be a little baby and not try hard. Right. But um, I just, I'm in a groove right now that I am loving. Like the, the training schedule I have is perfect. I freaking love it. Um, I, I mean, if there's a, if there's a cool workout that he posts that looks like fun and it's on a day where I'm supposed to deadlift anyways, I'll probably do it, but I'm already missing the first, if I wasn't going to miss the first week, maybe I would, but, um, Yeah. I don't know. It is a fun thing, though. I, I here's I'm the thing. Super excited! I'm super excited. For I would that. I would recommend it to people. I, yeah. I I would say if you're listening, and you have never really focused on your deadlift or anything like that, like you should do it. It is a lot of fun. The workouts are they're tough, they're challenging, but you're not gonna you're not gonna hurt yourself because he, you know, uh, what's his Matt McDimmel McDim? I don't know. Uh, he does a good job of like controlling the volume you're not gonna die you know it's brought to you by sorenex as well um a company a pretty cool right. company, fitness company but yeah dead December, it's it's cool it's just a, a fun little thing to do <clears throat> excuse me in the middle of i don't know the winter or the start of the winter really for a lot of yeah. parts and uh, it helps you stay focused on hitting something hard especially if you don't have a program that you're following right now or mm-hmm. you need something to switch it up um, this is kind of going to be the finisher for my strength sequence. So once we okay. get into January, I'm just going to start trying to change up my training pattern and uh, start getting back into leaning out a little bit, nice and slow, because I have put on a little bit of muscle mass, so I want to hold on to it um, when I get lean. 
this next uh, spring and summer. But mm-hmm. it's it's a fun program. I'm super excited to see what I can do in terms of deadlift. That's the only thing I haven't really been focusing on checking, but numbers have been going up on everything else. So mm-hmm. <laughs> my legs are feeling strong again. My knee's not giving me any issues right now. So let's hope mm-hmm. that that continues to take place. Yeah. And like I told Cam the other day, I hit PR on uh, on dumbbell bench press because um, that's the only one that I get to do. I don't have a spotter with me uh, most training sessions. So I mm-hmm. uh, can kind of do that dumbbell bench press without worrying about killing yeah. myself. Can we, can we just point out, if you own a gym and you have those benches where it's just the rack and then a, a bench, what are you doing? What I hate those things, dude. I, I'm the guy at my at the gym I go to. There's two benches that are like that, and then there's two squat racks. I'll take a squat rack. I'll bench in it because there's safety bars. I'm like, dude, if I'm going for like heavy singles, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in the squat rack. Like there's gotta be if you don't have a spotter, it feels foolish to use one of those other like the one to export that you're probably talking about. Like, yeah. Oh, that's such a pet peeve of mine. <clears throat> Well, it's also that's the Olympic style platform. If you have like an elevated one with a professional spotter, yeah, asterisks on the spotter. <laughs> that's the only thing you know. Like you got to have a spotter with those. Yeah, I believe at the Olympics. Um, let's see here. The bench press that's used at the Olympics would be, I think, it's an elevated, like when we're. Yeah, it's some type of like, I think it's called a fat pad. So if you're looking at a, like a powerlifting type of bench press, it's going to be something that has an elevated foot plate behind you. If you're lying down um, for somebody to step up and properly uh, Mm -hmm. go ahead and make sure you don't die (laughs) when you're lifting off. And that's when you're going really heavy. But like Cam's saying, yeah, I try to stay stay away from barbell bench press when I'm doing heavy weight training um, when, because I'm training solo. So I'll go ahead and I'll do dumbbell bench. But hey, we hit 125s and we were <laughs> dude. How for how, for how many reps? Three clean. Dude, that's full, really that's good. Full range of motion. So I've I've never been able to hit that before. I mean, I can remember when hundreds. You know, I was super proud. Back in the day, getting the hundreds for three, and it's it's cool to see that applicable change take place. Mm-hmm. And um, even last year, this time, I mean, I'm sure 40 extra pounds on my frame helps, but <laughs> it's it's cool to see that. I mean, that's a that's 250 pounds um, with a lot of core component for stability. So it's it's yeah. a more functional way that you can go about training your chest too uh, over a bench press, even right? Uh, so barbell bench rather. So just because. Everyone that's listening, they know that your knee is pretty much made out of duct tape and wooden pegs. How is the knee feeling? I mean, you were hitting a hack squat, front hack squat for 800 some odd pounds. Have you been doing any barbell squatting at all? It's funny you say that. And like when you say the weight attached to those things, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm such a little baby. (laughs) But I, (laughs) it's like, it's funny because I don't feel like Outwardly, I'm that strong compared to other people, but I guess that's the whole social media um, effect, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like when we look at people on social media, they're lifting three times, four times what I'm lifting, and you're like, all right, well, I'm worthless. Right. But if you're looking at like compared to the average American, average American man or whatever, I do, I guess I, I feel pretty strong. And answer that, yeah, my knee, it feels good right now. There's really no issue that I've had. So once again, I hope that that continues to take place. I've done, I'm back to barbell squatting. I'm doing lunges too, which is the trickiest thing for me because it's mm-hmm. very, it's very tendon dependent, I would say, to make sure that it's not inflamed. Otherwise, that's just going to mess me up. I have to hit those exactly correctly, um, especially as I'm trying to, basically when when I'm trying, what I'm trying to do right now, guys, if you have issues with knees or whatever, and it's a tendon, it's a tendon thing, you have to let the inflammation go away because you're not going to be able to take care of this thing while it's inflamed. It's just going to be uncomfortable and it's not going to be fun at all. 
then once the inflammation is gone or very, very manageable, I am trying to I'm trying to condition my knee to get stronger without getting inflamed. I want to insulate, make my legs strong, make sure that my my movement patterns are correct so that I'm not aggravating it at other times too um, to help mitigate the risk of going through a very bad episode of patellar tendonitis or something like that. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, I want to work on my range of motion, my stability, my mobility, uh, my overall ability for my, my leg, my right leg, my quad, my hamstring, my calf to use those muscles properly so that my tendon does not get messed up. Yeah. And it's tough to do. So now I'm trying to implement all these more complex movements under control. Something like a lunge, a dumbbell lunge, a barbell lunge. Last time I did a barbell lunge, my freaking knee was messed up for a whole month, like bad messed up where it hurt to use stairs. Wow. So you got to be careful with those things. Wow. That's good. I wonder, it's interesting to think about what the reason your knee is like feeling better. Like what, you know, I wonder. It just takes time. I mean, I've tried to mitigate or get rid of uh, a lot of impact stuff. A lot of, I didn't do heavy weight training on my legs for a very long time. I would do some more higher volume things with lower weight. So that's not as bad on the, on the, um, the tendons, the joints, all that too. A lot of isolation movements like a leg extension. But now, since we're feeling good, cool. Let's try to build and surround that muscle um, with a little bit of size to help out with that. Yeah. I saw, I saw something that uh, our, our buddy Alex Apostle posted. Then um, he was referring to the – on Instagram, he's the knees over toes guy. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen him, but he's big into like strengthening your knee and one thing that Alex was doing that I think he got from him was walking backwards on a turned off treadmill, but then he hooked up his newbie fit to it as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And, and the knees over toe guy, he says, one of the best things you can do for durability of like your knees, your ankles and your hips, um, mainly your knees is just doing heavy sled pushes and pulls because your knee has to go over your toe and it's overload, but it's if you can't push the sled, what's going to happen? The sled's not going to move and you'll quit. If you can't, if you're under a barbell and you can't lift the weight, what happens? The, the barbell is going to crush you. So it's a good way if, you know, if someone's a little bit older or a, a less trained individual, um, you know, they, they can contemplate doing a sled push more than a squat. And they're still getting some benefit um, to that knee, and they're freaking hard, dude. I put I put six, <laughs> yeah, I put six plates on the sled the other day, and I was <laughs> I was pushing it like back and forth. I, I had to take a break. I, my heart rate was shooting through the roof. My legs were on fire, and I was like, "I can't. We only have to do it like six more times." But I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start incorporating them because they're. It's a great That's- way to do conditioning if you don't want if you don't want to run. Dude, my heart rate was at one. 150 plus for 15 minutes sled sled pushing is incredible for conditioning but that's also that's interesting that you bring that up i still want to know how your strength overall training is going um but that is a super conditioning focused movement very functional uh focused movement to to train with especially when you're focusing on being in a surplus getting strong and all that um i know a lot of better coaches than i even believe it or not, guys, would argue, especially I think, and I think Christian Thibodeau wrote an article. Uh, once again, he's a, a pretty cool coach that both Cam and I really respect. That in his earlier days, even just a few years ago, and he's got a good 15 years on Cam and I, he would focus on taking people through strength programs without talking about conditioning too much at all because it isn't the main focus. But in his more mature years of training and coaching, adding in more conditioning helps overall with that body composition and athletic performance, even when we're trying to be in a surplus and get strong. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still interesting to me to see you try to do that. Where did you get that idea to add in more of this conditioning stuff? And is that the only thing you're doing for conditioning while you're trying to get strong? So right now I'm wrapping up the the MAPS powerlift program, which is, it's a mind pump 
uh, program for the, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening know what mind pump is, but um, so one thing that they didn't include, there's no conditioning. I mean, they had to do like some supersets or whatever, but um, I felt like if I'm doing a set of eight to 12, <laughs> I am like, I am just gassed by the time I get to that 12th rep from a um, beats per minute standpoint, right? Like strength wise, I can do it, but I'm just like gasping for breath. So I recognize it as a weak point. And so moving forward, I'm going to start doing my own programming and I'm going to program in a day where I work on conditioning, um, working on like conditioning, durability, maybe some accessory work. Um, and then I, I was listening to the knees over toes guy on the, uh, the power project and they were just saying, you know, Mark Bell like snapped his patella. Like there's a, a video of him. I think he's trying to squat a thousand pounds and he broke his patella at the bottom. Did he really? Yeah. The video is pretty, it's pretty intense. If you guys just YouTube Mark Bell breaking his knee, it'll probably Mark Smelly be, Bell. Mark Smelly Bell. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's still a pretty strong guy. And they, they just were talking about sled poles and sled um, pushes and they're like, it's one of the best things you can do for your knees. I'm like, dude, if it's going to be a, a great thing to just be more durable, um, you know, I'm definitely going to do it. And plus if you load it up, Oh my God, it is so tough, dude. And my heart rate was just through the roof. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to hop on the elliptical for 30 minutes. That to me, that's boring. I might get a very similar cardiovascular response. You got to think that's all you're going for. I'm just trying to train, you know, in certain heart rate zones. So how I get there, I, it's kind of up to me. Um, so I'll be doing some sled pulls. I'll probably be doing something um, with the three main lifts, like do a very sub maximal weight, but do some sort of, maybe some sort of circuit training with it, you know, do, do like 135 on bench and just do it for, I don't know. I'm thinking of, I'm making this up on the spot, but like do 10 minutes and you do, 10 reps, take a 30 second break, another 10 reps, and just keep doing that or mix it up with different movements, you know? Um, but yeah, I just don't want the limiting factor to be me just gasping for air. That's, that would be very frustrating. Yeah, that's, it's true, dude. It's cool to see you attacking, um, this in a couple different ways. I think that's more of a, a mature way to go about training in general that, it's, it's also fun to see that somebody that we both really respect or a few people, um, coaches who have been in the area for a longer time, maybe this is a newer development and that's why we're getting it younger in our careers versus somebody mm -hmm. else. But saying, hey, you know, they found this out and they're 45, they're 50, whatever. But cool, I'm 27 and now I'm starting to learn that. And of course, right. there's more stuff that maybe we don't know that other people do at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we find that out in 20 years. But it's fun to see, hey, maybe I'm a little bit ahead of the game in one way or, or another, thanks to a little bit of extra reading, studying, education. Yeah. And honestly, dude, like I, again, going back to my kind of neurotype, I hate being injured or even like being minorly injured. Any sort of tweak. I think anybody hates being injured. I think that's part of your. No, I know, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm much more risk averse than the average person. And so if I also know that I'm doing certain things that will make, that will make my joints more durable, I am, I'm going to attack that like crazy. I mean, anything I can do to keep my elbows, shoulders, hips, and knees feeling good and being strong. Oh, dude, you better believe I'm going to do it. Cause if I, if I can't like bench press or deadlift or squat, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hate that dude. It's going to bug yep. the hell out of me. That's cool. So how has fitness overall been for you in the last couple weeks, the last month or so? It's been, it's been really good. It's been, yeah. It, I mean, it's been phenomenal. The, uh, the one setback I had recently was I have, I was having an issue with, uh, with my right upper groin until squatting was difficult, but dude, now it's like, dude, we are just, we're in the groove. Like I'm getting way more comfortable with these heavier weights. Um, they're starting to get lighter and lighter in the same, in the same rep range. I actually got my, 
my note my notes right here for uh back in um 20 2020 when we were like talking about goals for 2021 all that stuff my first thing for my fitness goal was to become the strongest I ever had and I remember I I was like making this joke to myself because Joe Biden's uh saying or whatever was build it back better or something like that (laughs) yeah yeah and I I was like okay I'm gonna mentally put myself in a race with Joe Biden because I'm going to build my strength back better than he will build anything back. And I think I'm beating him. So, (laughs) so let me just read through this to give you guys an idea. I think I've already accomplished this. So I have to deadlift 340. I have to squat over 300 and I have to bench over 230. Well, I'll tell you this right now. I did, I did a 300 pound squat the other day. RPE seven. It was not that hard. I did a 235 bench and it was maybe like an RPE eight. So those two, I know I'm already good to go. I'm going to actually do a one rep max on my deadlift today. And what I'm, I'm having PTSD, PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> oh God. There's so much that went wrong with that, dude. I've learned so much from that experience. Um, if those of you that don't know, I, uh, I totally botched my deadlift like two years ago when I was supposed to do 400 and it just bit me in the ass. Um, I don't know where I'm getting 340 from because I don't think I've, I had ever done that previously, but honestly, dude, like you'd never done 340 and we were going for 400. What was the objective here? I don't know, dude. Well, remember, like, was, I think, was it just a number that you threw out? <laughs> you were so, just like, yeah, it'd be great to add on a hundred pounds to my, my well, deadlift. Okay, so two years ago, when I like said that, I think I had what I had like six months to add a hundred pounds to my deadlift. Which now looking at that, I'm like, okay, Cam, that's that was ridiculous, and the training I did for it was complete ass. Well, it depends. I don't think it was as ridiculous at that point if you had hit the training very well and the nutrition and the recovery. But it just like you said, the training was probably pretty ass for it because it wasn't right. focused, right? Right. The, well, the, even looking back, I mean, I know way more about strength training than I like now than I do back then. What I was doing back then, I was like, oh my god, like get, no wonder. And I was also doing. We were also doing a Spartan race, so it's like you're you're trying to do pretty much two polar opposite things at the same time. Like why, why would that work? And then the day I tried doing it was totally an ego thing. Cause I, and kind of onset by you. Cause you were like, no camp today's the day. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Today's the day. But the day I had, I was onset by me. You're the one who, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, 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 let me explain. Cam, Cam starts to just point everything towards me when he feels bad. No, about no, 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 no. Let me explain. That day I, I coached and I worked my other job, didn't eat until like 5 p.m. I was exhausted <clears throat> and I was like, well, today's the day. And then, of course, Andrew, my hype man, is like, yeah, dude, like I'll meet you there. And <laughs> part of me was like, dude, I should just do it tomorrow, like get some good sleep. I still wouldn't have had it. I wouldn't have come close no matter what. Believe the training I was doing, I was way too light, uh, way too infrequent all that stuff. So today's an exciting day because we'll see where I'm at and then I'll be able to kind of figure out a more attainable goal moving forward. Um, yeah. But I'm starting to realize like, dude, I think the, the movement I'm probably the most natural at is bench press. That one has just, when I, when I train bench, like you, you, me and Zach were texting the other day and Zach said what he had to do 25 working sets in a week to see like some progress. I honestly, dude, I think I have to do like, if I do 10 to 12 working sets in a week, my bench will continue to go up. Like it's just a, it's, it just feels very natural to do. And yeah. I, I just connect with it. Squatting, not so much. I, it doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't feel as natural, but you got to think, Andrew, I, a lot of the power lifters I follow, they are incredibly strong and the natural ones are strong as well. Right. But they've been doing it for five plus years. I've been doing it for one. So I need to be less. And this is something that maybe you guys can think about. I need to be more in a way patient with my goals and just know I'm like, I have a grand goals like that are 
down the line. Like I want to, uh, well, I, mm, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say it. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for myself, but I'm going to get there. It might take me four to five years. I'm in year one and I saw crazy progress. Yeah, It's insane. So I'm, I'm pumped, dude. It's, it's going to be good. I'm not going to get to the evolutions that I wanted. Like, I don't know, maybe at the end of the year, I might be able to bench 250 by the end of the year. That would be, that'd be pretty sweet. It's, and guys, if you're looking to add on strength, I think this is a great conversation too. Um, I hope all of you are looking to add on strength in some capacity where you want to get stronger, whether it is overall strength for you're trying to pack on as much muscle as you can. You want to uh, be able to get up off the ground better. You want to do whatever, whatever it is, you know, and we hopefully Cam and I talk about that enough to help remind you that strength is, uh, it can be in many different forms. It can be in many different directions. It isn't just one specific thing. You don't have to want to to hit a 300-pound bench press um, to get something out of this conversation here specifically. But as always, we want to encourage you to find a specific program, look for assistance, and look for um, a way to be successful inside of what you do with a strategic, well-thought-out plan of attack. And I think this is just a great reminder, once again, Cam bringing this up, knowing that we were trainers back a couple of years ago, and Cam had written a program for himself um, with even a couple of years of education behind him, experience behind him as a personal trainer. He still didn't fully understand a lot of different components that come into essential, successful programming for a strength program. And now, just a few years later, um, even being outside of the whole fitness realm for a little bit, me being inside the fitness realm, a couple years of experience in terms of this can be so, so helpful to rely on somebody for that assistance and guidance and support um, to keep you on track. So if you don't know a lot of this stuff um, pertaining to fitness, look for that help, whether it's a program, whether it's a trainer, a local trainer at your gym or whatever. Find that because that's how you're going to be seriously successful. If you don't and you try to figure out things on your own, more than likely you're going to end up trying to get ready for a 5K while you're also trying to get strong and eating at a calorie deficit. And if you don't know why that wouldn't make sense, even after this uh, mini conversation surrounding it, that's once again a great telltale sign. Oh, maybe I don't know as much as I should about this. And can I be somewhat successful in terms of all things fitness, even without having that knowledge? Sure. But just like anything else, if I'm going to you know, cut myself and I'm lacerated and I'm bleeding, can I probably figure out how to deal with it on my own and so I don't get infected and I can you know, uh, heal it up on my own to a certain extent as long as I'm not you know, three inches deep in my thigh? Mm-hmm. probably yeah i can home remedy it but i'm gonna go look for help just to make sure that things are done right it's it's truly if it if it maybe even after after that statement you're like i don't know if it's the same trust me it is mm-hmm. look for that help look for that guidance just like i don't know how to build a chair and if i don't look for guidance on that i could try to do all the homework i could try to do it really well it would take me a really long time to figure out the right wood the right craftsmanship um, principles to make a good looking chair and something that I really appreciate and like, mm-hmm. I'd rather just go find somebody who can help me with that. Unless I want to make it a serious hobby and dive in with hours and hours of time and effort to learn about that stuff. Right. I mean, one thing to point out, dude, is it, it's, it's one of the most beneficial things about not working in the fitness industry is I'm surrounded by normal people who do not prioritize fitness. And that's the big thing. Like I've had coworkers, they have very busy lives. I know they can work out, but, and some of them have admitted, it's just not a priority. And that's important. If it's, if it's not a huge priority to you, you should still be doing something. And in that case, seek help and invest your money into someone that can help you out with myself and Andrew Fitness is probably one of like, it's it's always been in the top three of my life priorities. So I'm willing to put in more time into looking into different training methodologies, listening to podcasts about it, you know, stuff like that. But I could easily see if you don't work in the fitness industry, you have kids, you have a family, you have all these other things, you have other hobbies you like to do. You're not going to want to make time to 
read about working out, listening to it. In that case, do what Andrew just said. Have someone who knows all that crap tell you what to do. That That's the way to do it. That's going to be the most efficient way for you to get to where you want to be, even just to just to get healthy. You don't need to have some grand goal, but you should be, you know, you should be active. And if you don't know what to do, pay someone to, to tell you what to do. Turn your brain off and, and get it done. I would agree mostly with that. Still look for education. Look for somebody to help educate you because if you're doing it on your own, you have to weed out the stuff that's important, the stuff that isn't, the stuff that makes sense and what doesn't, and the stuff that's true and the stuff that's false. If you, right. ha- if you have somebody to help you create a program, keep you accountable, all of that, they should also be educating you on things that are specifically applicable to what you are trying to accomplish and get better at because that's how you're going to be very successful inside of fitness. And remember, mm-hmm. out of all these hobbies that we can do, all the things we can spend and uh, give some of our daily time into, weekly time into, this is something that's going to help you set up successfully for the rest of your life in many different ways. Right. Well, if you get Always a good the investment, if you get, if you're paying for a good trainer, they should be educating you. They should be telling you why you're doing what you're doing. And yeah, they shouldn't just be telling you what to do. But yeah, go back to what Andrew said. You should, if you're with a trainer for six months, your knowledge of fitness should grow greatly in those six months. If you still don't know why you're doing what you're doing or, Anything, or if you couldn't give basic advice to an untrained friend, your trainer is doing you somewhat of a disservice. They should be educating you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it for the week or for two, three weeks. That's it for the week. <laughs> we'll be back very, very soon. Um, thanks for being part of the Fired Up podcast. As always, if you got something out of this podcast, do us a favor. Do both Cam and I a favor. One, check out the P10 Nation website, P10, P10Nation.com. Um, we got articles up there uh, doing a little bit more writing about different topics. So you get to kind of take in and educate yourself if that's something you're trying to do more so than just listening to us every periodically. Um, you can even go out and start reading a little bit too. So let us know if there's any topics you'd like us to cover through that a little bit more in depth for reference to a little bit easier reference on a screen or on a piece of paper versus when we are talking about it, trying to find that specific note in a podcast, right? Uh, so that's up there. We also have online training available for you. Both Cam and I are trainers, certified personal trainers with lots of years of experience behind us, a combined over 10 years of fitness industry experience. I thought you were going to say 10 decades. <laughs> <laughs> 10 decades, maybe one day. That's right. Just depends on how many people we can get involved. But uh, <laughs> yeah, all that stuff up there at p10nation.com. Also, of course, you have the Fired Up Podcast. Do us a favor. If you got something out of this podcast, share it with somebody. Throw it up on your social media, all of that, because that helps um, other people to check us out, right? Perfect. What do you have for the people this week, Cam? I would say, based off what you and I just talked about, figure out what you're interested in. And if you haven't figured that out, start experimenting. If you do have figured out, Start diving in. If you're gonna, if you're willing to hire a trainer, perfect, do that. If you have the time and you're will, and if you're making a priority, start research. Like really, like dive into it because that's something that I've wasted a little bit of time doing. I think I experimented a little bit too much and did three months of this, three months of that. Bark, bark, bark. Pick something and really commit to it and educate yourself, and then just just go for it. See what you can do. Not in three months. See what you can do in a year. You can do a lot in a year. Realize, and we like to say, hey, we've over a, over a decade of experience and combined. I've been in the fitness industry seven years at this point, which is cool to say. Um, I remember we were saying three or four. I, st- I know a little bit. I still, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. So <laughs> if unless you had seven years to want to get to where my knowledge base is, because trust me, Guys, I listen to fitness stuff. I read about it every single day. I am not doing a passive um, education point for fitness. I'm trying to learn. Unless you want to put in that time, five to seven years to get where we are, make sure that you you can find good resources because that's, mm-hmm. I trust me, that's going to be a lot easier and it's going to be a little bit more efficient. And uh, Cam and I are not people who don't look for help ourselves. So right. we are right. people who also do that because we know that there is a lot of benefit to that. 
Mm-hmm. But perfect. All right, guys. Once again, thanks for being part of the podcast, and we'll see you soon. See you. I live the life I deserve. Bless. Fuck a vacation. I feel better at work. I mean, whatever is worth. I give whatever I'm worth. Blessings on blessings on blessings. Look at my life, man. That's lessons on lessons on lessons. I treat the beat like it's a reverend. I tell the truth, like Father, forgive me. These are all my confessions.